Welcome to Geek Nerd Tech on Black Hollywood Live today. What's wrong with self-driving cars? Jeff Bezos wears a robo suit and Deadpool gets a trailer. That's all. You are tuned in to Black Hollywood Live's Geek Nerd Tech. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't get a bill pay. You couldn't buy the real thing. I was staying up at your place. Drake. Trying to figure out the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I saw people doing things. Welcome Almost to Geek Nerd Tech. The show we break down tech news and their culture from black and brown geek perspective. Uh, I'm Joe Braswell. I'm joined as always by Keely Shine. What's up, sir? What's good, man? How you doing? Doing pretty well, my man. Uh, apologies uh, for, for missing last week, folks. Uh, we went a, took a week off uh, following South by Southwest, but we'll try to get some South by Southwest recaps in there, even though it's a week late. And we'll go on you know, from there and talk about some other stuff. But uh, New Drake, I mean, it just feels like Drake and Rick Ross are incredibly pro- prolific. It seems like they drop a new record every six months, every four to six months. Am I wrong about that, or does it just seem that way? No, I mean, I definitely think the 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 lifespan of records are obviously much smaller now in the digital era, and therefore, you know, you want to get back in the cycle of producing your record much quicker. I mean, you know, in the 90s and, you know, 2000, you could expect the record, like, once a year from artists. Now two, artists are dropping years, them. Yeah. Know, for the big ones. Now they're dropping it, like, I mean, you look at Future, you dropped two albums in the same three-month window, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So, But I think this this Drake record is pretty amazing in the sense that it, it's shattering all records of on both Spotify and Apple Music. It holds the record for the most downloads. Like, I mean, Drake is killing it, you know? So do you, that, 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 that all may be true, but what do you think of the actual? Have you guys had to spend time with actual music yet? Yeah, it's decent. Decent? It's decent. Like, decent meaning, like, okay, he's he's still doing Drake stuff, or, like, it's decent, like, above average? I mean, but I, I mean, I think Drake is generally above average. Okay. So, you okay. know, I think anything he does is going to be. So you, so you already hold Drake. So, so are you, you hold Drake already at a spot that's above average. So you expect him to meet a certain bar every time. And for you, when it's when it's meeting the when it's meeting the Drake bar, it's going to be good. It's going to be oh, it's going to be good. Yeah, I think at, you know at his worst, it's going to kill most of what's out. So yeah. I think Drake is very talented. You know, I mean, I think sometimes he's hit or miss. Sometimes, you know, the record is, you know, for a particular niche. Right. But overall, I think he's a pretty phenomenal artist. That, 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 I would have to agree with all of that. Even I, I go, I think the Drake doesn't change. What changes is my personal sort of, like, tolerance for what I think Drake is doing or not doing. But, you know, like, I'm like, I'm like everyone else. I'm like, Drake! F Drake! And I'm like, Drake! And I'm like, forget Drake! So, and meanwhile, Drake's doing the same shit, so... It's not really, not really anybody's hey, fault. Numbers don't, don't lie. Not numbers don't fault. lie. Um, I do want to. I do want to ask you while on this topic. Would you, would you, what do you think is better? Do you think it's better for the artist or is it, uh, to you know take that time and 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 and, and let the fans let let the the want for a new record like Jay Z or the folks you know uh, let let the anticipation build and then drop something every eighteen months to two years, uh, or do you think if things should come? Fairly consistently, every year, every six months, and what's what, 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 is it as to not get out of the public eye? I mean, I think it's you know it's, really, it's, it's the the fundamental question of you know artist artistry versus commerce. I mean, obviously, you want to drop as quickly as possible because you want to make as much money as possible and captivate your audience. You know, once you have them, but in terms of like the artistic. Uh, foundation of it. I think, you know, when you go back into like the whole Stacks and Motown era when they were really in there crafting the records and taking their time to like make sure every harmony and every song lyric was perfect and every every drum snare and drum kick was 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 locked in. Like I feel like that type of 
um, sophistication is missing in records because of the technology. And so sure. I think from an artistic perspective, I would love for an artist to be in the cocoon and come out with something amazing and not just be so, you know, um, not so worried about the marketing and the, and the commercial elements of what it goes into now creating you know music for for audiences so that is interesting when it comes to technology and how that has changed you hear that you would hear these stories about uh you know certain producers spending literally like uh you know i spent 48 hours trying to get a snare right on a drum trying to record a snare just right uh on a, a real snare trying to get that sound just right whereas now you know, with all the technology, people are at home on their laptops, press a button, Absolutely. and that's the snare they want. They can figure out that snare within, you know, a few minutes. Um, and not just that. It's, it's uploaded onto, you know, Apple Music, Spotify immediately. Right. You know, there's no... Uh, Don't take it to the factory, pressing the records it's, out. Yeah, no, there's no, no distribution chain. Distribution like, mechanism. Yeah, exactly. You know, trucks rolling, this tower records, that's all. All that, all that, yeah. all that is gone. Well, I, that's it's really interesting. I, I don't know where how I feel about that. I, I, think, I think it's... Uh, um, as long as look, there, there's artists who are always super prolific. Prince being one, Prince was always super prolific. You know, he'd do like whatever 100 sounds, 100 songs every every time, every you know a year, or whatever. But then it would only release a record, um, at least in, at least in the heyday, only a couple every couple of years. Right. So um, not everything made it out. Uh, so sometimes it makes you wonder: should everything make it out? Like I listen to the Future record, I'm like, okay, definitely not. You know, I mean, Future's got Future's got 40 songs. Uh, you know, maybe maybe like six hot ones. I don't know. I mean, I don't think in any any artistic category everything makes it out. If I'm a writer, I'm not going to release all my writings. Like right. I'm only going to you know funnel out the, the best of the best. And maybe if I you know die tragically or I become a legend, then people want to see those other things that I wrote that may may not have been commercially um, suitable at the time, but now are commercially suitable because right. of whatever the the legacy is. You know, right? Interesting. So. All right. Well, it's always interesting. Uh, Art versus commerce, uh, and, and, t- and as where it meets technology as it pertains to music and other things as well. I mean, you, you're, hearing, you're hearing similar things with uh, television as well. I mean, like with these networks, like Netflix, are just nonstop yeah. just cranking, cranking stuff out. Exactly. Um, anyway, so we, we move on. So uh, a couple of things have been happening, both with Google. Um, Google's under fire for, um, you know, some of their ads. There's, there's some government ads on, on 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 hate videos that have that surfaced uh in other, in other parts of the in other parts of the world and here there's one uh with david duke there's one the uk there's a uk ad uh sort of the british britain national nationalist party called britain first um uh an organization of polish na- nationalists these are these are extreme like right-wing people hate preachers have have stuff David Duke, how these things end up on Google, YouTube's advertising, and they're kind of slipping through the cracks, and people are freaking out about that. I mean, it, 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 this this is this is the part where the freedom of the internet and the lack of uh, oversight of the internet, you know, uh, meets you know freedom of speech. I don't know. What do you think about this? Yeah, I mean, I think from from a company's perspective, you know, you have this clean um, image that you are presenting to the public of what your company is supposed to represent, and then right alongside of that are imagery or messaging points that completely contradict that, and I think it's very confusing not only to the person that is consuming that information, and I think it's, I mean, I, I think it's, it could be detrimental in, in terms of a brand and what, what how a person might view that brand, being that it's aligned, you know, vi- visibly, you know, within the same kind of frame and so i think that that youtube google have obviously have a responsibility to not just the you know the audience and the people that consume the content but the people that are actually um 
pre- presenting their products and trying to sell their products, I think there has to be some type of way to curate it much better so that there's no type of um, crossfire of that type of stuff. I feel like, yeah, freedom of speech, if you want to, you know, say all that crap, you know, whatever your positions are, whatever your philosophies are, I think it should go into a particular silo, particular yeah. category. I don't think it should be blended in with you know dove or <laughs> blended in with i think the the company was l'oreal right or whatever but that, that's my take on it i mean i i agree too but it's just interesting because you know how do you i mean there's people argue who may argue right there argue out there that i'm on my own business i don't want to see uh you know the the dove commercial with a bunch of naked women you know uh, on on my youtube feed maybe maybe i wanted to see something else you know like you know why mm-hmm. there's a lot when it comes Turn to advertising Right, when it comes to advertising, though, and especially some of these uh, autoplays on YouTube, specifically, mm-hmm. like you have a choice. You have to watch what they're, watch what you're seeing. You have a choice. You, video. you have a choice. You can go look at something else Not while it plays. It. No, right, <laughs> like, exactly. you don't have to like. You have to sit it. there and watch it. Yeah, no one's forcing you to do that. Right, that's a good. Point. Still a choice. All right, that's a good point. All right, we'll we'll, we'll see. So Google's Google's uh, really upset about this, and it appears just to be saying all the right things about not having this sort of thing on there. But again, it just begs the question of. You know, it, it's all, this is at Google's discretion still. So who's who's setting these? Who's setting these uh, these terms? Who's setting these boundaries? Um, these rules? There's no oversight. It's really up to the individual corporation. Um, Google, Facebook, Snapchat. Um, I think it's an algorithm problem. I think they just need to figure out, you know, a better way of the curation process and just right. how, you know, stuff is placed. And I think, I mean, obviously they've done right. an amazing job. They're the best in the game to do it. I mean, they right. started doing it. I just think they need to tighten up on it, especially with the polarizing times that we're in and right. how we all have the phones and able to produce our own content and just, yeah, the proliferation of just more and more content, just how we can better you know, curate everyone's experience so that it's healthy and positive and fruitful for everyone. Yeah, and it seems like, it's, I agree, I sort of like, but it does seem like there's, there's room for uh, people to subvert that, like, you know, so you start to, uh, you know, you have a commercial that's like, you know, um, do you enjoy soap? Do you enjoy white soap? Because this is the whitest, <laughs> so like, there's a way to sort of subvert that, but, um, but I, I hear you, I, I, I agree. It will, I mean, people are smart and yeah. figure it all out. Uh, speaking of which, so speaking of Google, Google, I, I'm completely mixed on this. So Google and Levi have finally unveiled their smart jacket, right. Levi's. Uh, this is something they've been talking about for a while, long, like a cool minute. Like it's this, this, the smart jacket technology has been out for a while. They just debuted it at South by Southwest. It is essentially a normal looking jacket. Right. Yeah, just describe it. It just wears like a normal jacket, but it is it is, has weird Bluetooth fiber sewn into the jacket itself, mm-hmm. and it you can do all kinds of things like answer your phone, um, you know, start your Spotify playlist, check other things on your phone by your jacket. So the examples they use is are people are riding their bike, and you can like sort of swipe on your <laughs> swipe on your jacket to be the 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 the, the, the uh, I think the technology as it is described as cool. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting, though, like to see how this works in real life because there's no buttons or anything. Right. It's like gestures, almost like the the, the two fingers on your, in your mouse, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So you're like, you know, let me answer the phone. Like, let me do this. You know, I don't like. like <laughs> let me, Healy. Like, I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like there's all these weird things you have to do, but I guess it's cool. I, I'm really on the fence with it. What do you What do you think of this? Oh, I mean, I, I I think that this particular iteration of it is is pretty gimmicky, but I get that you know 
we're, we're in the the era of wearables and wearables becoming a fashion statement and then going you know further with that statement saying that wearables are our fashion right. or blending fashion with technology so i mean i get it and i mean i i don't think that i would drop the 400 or whatever amount it costs for the jacket bluetooth integrated into my i think that's a bit much like but i mean i think conceptually and is there a know, practical use for that i mean i i i think that you know maybe from like a from an adolescent perspective you came with the jacket that you know did all that i think that would be it would have some type of cool factor to it but i don't see that as something that is can be adopted in mass you know I, I think that the technology will get better over time and we'll figure out better ways to integrate you know smartphone technology into our fashion or maybe even our biology but right. i think that this like i said this iteration of it i think it's i mean i think it's pretty much a gimmick it know? sounds like you know, I, I feel walking up like what's up Achilles? <laughs> you're like well, hold on hold on right, right. <laughs> you just <laughs> activated my <laughs> like that's i don't know it's it's, it's i don't you know, no, we'll see. I, it, 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 it seems giving. I just need to see it. I need to see. Maybe I need to see more of how it makes sense. But um, the jackets look cool. But to pay an extra three ninety nine or whatever for the mm-hmm. jacket, do you have it wired to my phone well, so I can you. like, you know, do a little move um, and answer something? I don't know. I need that. Yeah, no, thank you. Um, moving on to, we were talking a lot about Uber and Uber's um, uh, trials and tribulations. Uh, Uber President Jeff Jones is now stepping down. Um, you know, President. It, yeah, the president, not CEO. Oh, gotcha. CEO Travis uh, Kalanick is still running Uber, okay. and he's still doing his thing. But, I mean, it just feels like like he's stepping out of concerns of the firm's management culture. It seems hmm. like this is a bit, he's a bit of a sacrificial lamb, Ooh. you know, because they've got a lot of heat in the, over the days of the delete Uber campaigns, and then a, lot, a lot of things are going on. So what they've done and also is... also the sexual harassment. The sexual that's harassment. The big one. That's a big one in the, in the management culture. So he is stepping down. I guess this is a way, I'm sure with a lot of money, but this is sort of a way... I mean, someone's got to go when stuff happens like this. Someone's got to, there's got to be, someone's got to, head's got to roll for the public to under, see like, oh, it was this guy. Okay, now Uber's got all, all behind, they, they're cleaning house. First of all, do you buy it? And second of all, do you think it'll help them? No, I definitely agree with your analysis that, you know, somebody has to fall on the sword. And so I guess this, this is the fall guy, but I, I don't buy it. <laughs> and I, I think, you know, by one guy, you know, being, you know, extracted from the Uber culture does not change the culture yeah it's so, a large company it's an exactly. 86 billion dollar company whatever you can't tell me one dude is you know exactly changing the entire culture and I, I guess you know from from a symbolic point of view you know they think that this is maybe a first step yeah hopefully of many but you know i, I think that uber i mean it's kind of like a domino effect like one one negative thing happens and you know it kind of opens up the opens up the vacuum of other negative things and i think they're still in that vacuum they're still in that storm of of negativity and especially, you know, with other, you know, uh, apps, you know, that are, you know, in competition with Uber. I mean, it gives them perfect opportunity to, to kind of get more market share. Yep. And so I think that, I think Uber Uber is still a powerhouse by no means. Like, is any, anyone going to dethrone them? But I think that, you know, they need, they need something extra. Maybe it's a self-driving car that they're developing. But they need something that's going to, like, bring a positive light to to what they're doing. Do you think so. they need something, uh, do you think that positive light is something more, um, is it something that's sort of whiz-bang from a technology standpoint, like Uber's innovating, or something that is more sort of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, not altruistic, but just something that's more uh, you know, PR-friendly, like you know, Uber gives rides to kids, or is it something that's going to like change the culture from a PR standpoint, like we're not bad, we're good, or is it just something 
purely technology that's gonna just gonna change people's minds. I mean, I, I would hope that any company, you know, has the the altruist altruistic, you know, elements built into their DNA. Right. But I think Uber not always. Yeah, not always. <laughs> but I think Uber is probably closer than um, Apple or closer than Google to actually fulfilling uh, the vision of self-driving vehicles. I think they're the closest. And I think they have the the global network and the infrastructure to be able to do that. Right. So I think once they do that, I think people will be like, oh, this shit is dope. Like, Uber's dope. You know, I think it'll change the perception again. I, I, I agree. Uh, okay, so um, here's something I want to ask you about because I am so behind on this stuff. And it's been a long time. It's way in our rearview mirrors since we were at CES together, like almost three years ago, when I was my mind was blown by the by the by the television by the TVs I was seeing at CES three years ago, almost three and a half years ago. Um, Sony's unveiling the OLED 4K TV. Um, it's a start, starting at five thousand uh, dollars. What's going on with this TV? Do I need to buy it? Is it is is it as advertised? Five thousand dollars a lot of money. What, 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 what's your what's your take? I mean, my personal take. Well, I have two takes. I think from a techno- technology perspective, I think just the advancements that are being made in the home theater um, category, I think, are amazing. Like the experience that you can have in your home now with sound with video, I think, is unparalleled, and it's almost like. I mean, some might argue that they, they would they would not go to a movie theater to experience it. They could just do it in their living room. Right. But I think for me personally, I'm not trying to spend five grand for a TV. Um, but I, I appreciate going to the movies. I like watching content on my mobile devices. Um, I think I have a 4K TV. Like, it's not really earth shattering. It's not really changing my experience. Like, I think maybe when there's more content that's available and that becomes more of a standard then you know i think that would be fresh i love the fact though how the sound in this tv doesn't come from um below the television like there's not speakers below or on the sides the sound actually is projected from the tv from the screen of the tv and i think that's highly sophisticated that's ridiculous so i mean just i mean i don't even know what that sounds like i don't know what that's supposed to be i don't know how that works but the but the thought of it just sounds pretty awesome right I love it. Okay, well, yeah, I, I mean, it looks it looks great. I just I, I think I need to go back and just you know I think I'm 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 gonna you know I think this year is my year for for TV shopping. So maybe I've waited just enough, just okay. long enough to I sort mean, of yeah, see what's you can get what. you a 4K TV for minimal cost now. Wow, that's good. And then and the whole 8K technology that is that, is that something that 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 uh, that we should be caring about, or is, this, I mean, is I it think like 4K it, was four years ago? I mean, I think as filmmakers, yeah, I mean. Because I mean, they have 10K, they have 16K, you know. Right. Especially in Japan, you know. I think they even have. I think they even used some 8K broadcasts for the Olympics um, over the summer, last summer. Right. So I think you know, as as we evolve, like you know, 4K will become obsolete, just like 1080s is now becoming um, obsolete. Right. Um, but yeah, like obviously more clarity, more colors, um, more more precision. Um, but I think, like I said, as filmmakers, that's important to us because we can archive our footage. If we shoot something in 8K now, and then when the technology adopts five, ten years from now, and now this 8K, and we can, we can re, you know, reformat our 8K content to what's right. current. You know, if we shoot 8K now, we can scale down to 4K. So I think, in terms of how you leverage the 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 higher res content for production. Um, standpoint, I think it's great, but from a consumer standpoint, I, I think it's meaningless. I want to ask you about um, uh, while we're here. I just want to ask you about sort of what's happening in back to sort of uh, the commercial DVD world and the entertainment world. I mean, you know, for a long time, 
uh, studios would make a ton of money off VHS and a ton of money off the off the off the DVD world. I mean, for years and years and years, those DVD numbers were huge. Then it started starting to dry up. The Blu-ray numbers were starting to be okay, but now with the proliferation of, of streaming and digital uh, and, and Apple Apple TV and all that stuff, that's, those, those are going away. But what you are seeing is a, a new re-release of, of of a lot of these things on Ultra yeah, Four Ultra HD. Um, you know, like I bought every iteration of these movies. I bought like five versions of. You know, I bought yeah. the VHS, and I bought the DVD, and I bought the special edition DVD, and I bought the Blu-ray, and I bought the box set, and I bought the thing. And now I'm like, do I need to get like for like I'm saying like like a Star Wars where you have ever have, have like ten versions of Star Wars? Mm-hmm. Now Star Wars is an Ultra HD. Do I need to buy that? Like, what are they doing mm-hmm. to the same to my same print of Star Wars? I mean, I think I mean I think a lot of that is is kind of like. Pony and Dance, you know, right. I think it's marketing. I think, I mean, but if you love if you love the franchise or you love the property that much and you want it part of your collection, if you're a hobbyist or a collector, right. then it makes sense. But I mean, in terms of, I mean, I'd rather just stream it. You know, I'd rather just stream the the, the legacy content if it's available and if it's something like I said, if it's something that I really like and I want part of my collection, I might drop the twenty or thirty or whatever it costs to get it. But can you stream it at that at that at that crazy quality? Does that quality make yeah, a difference? I mean, Netflix offers four K. Yeah. Like you just got to pay. Well, I think it's ten bucks instead of eight bucks. Right. I think Amazon does the same thing. Like the content is, the content is offered for sure. Right. Um, okay. Yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. Okay, I'm just, I'm just curious as to what I'm paying for and if it's worth me paying for it. If we is, is it worth me owning it versus streaming it or downloading it? But yeah. uh, that makes sense. Okay, uh, this is something that is really not even really news, but I liked it. Jeff Bezos wore a big robot suit. <laughs> um, I don't think it's a big deal, but I just thought it was cool because uh, there there was a uh, South Korean company, um, uh, uh, Hankook Hankook Mirai Technology. Uh, they have this giant uh, robot, fourteen feet tall, a la Titan AE, or or most notably uh, Aliens, <laughs> and uh, you know it looked cool as hell. This is everyone, even Avatar. I think Avatar had one of those too. Mm-hmm. Even Avatar. Yeah. So uh, yeah, James Cameron's the guy who's who's noted for like you know creating these things into our popular culture, and then subsequently they've they've shown up in a ton of video games from Halo to Titan AE. But there's something about these type of mechs that. And just capture the imagination, and and to see Jeff Bezos in one, uh, it, it, it's it's crazy. I don't know. I, I, I thought that's cool. I mean, it, I don't know what you do with it or what what they do with it if if it's construction or whatever. But um, you know, he just said uh, he feels like Sigourney Weaver in in a in a in a in the Aliens. But there is a hashtag Mars twenty seventeen. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know if that's a joke play on words there. But what do you think of this? I mean, I, I mean, it does have a cool factor to it. It's awesome that you know a CEO of such a large company can, you know, not take himself so seriously and hop in a robot and be like, you know, wave the arms and go crazy. Right. I think that's kind of cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think a lot of this technology we see in in Japan, where they have the actual robot wars, where they actually fight them. Yeah. You know, they build them and fight them. So, I mean, who knows, like you know, how this how this will be leveraged for you know when we try to colonize Mars or or another planet, but. Like maybe this is how we, you know, transport ourselves once we land on on a, on a moon or a planet. Right. But yeah, I think I think um, Jeff Bezos. I mean, you see him at the Oscars. You see him in a robot. Like I mean, he's kind of fresh. 
Can't yeah. can't can't knock him. I, he's, he's, I'm not mad at him at all. He's great. Good good for him. Uh, all right. So Germany. This is sort of piggybacking on the story we did earlier about uh, Google. But so Germany uh, is considering a huge fine for social media companies that fail to remove hate speech. Uh, you know, Facebook and Twitter are like there's stuff that pops up on Facebook and Twitter that is does clearly hate speech. It feels like it's taking a long time for Facebook and Twitter to get this stuff down. This is in places like the U.S. It's great, but in, I mean it's it's tough enough in the U.S. But places like Germany where you have a huge proliferation of neo-Nazis and other kind of hate folks, uh, they're, they, have a, want to have a, they have a zero tolerance for this sort of thing in their country, so they're trying to have a zero tolerance for this sort of thing in their social media. So they're trying to do a 50 million euro fine. Uh, yeah, do, you, do, you, do you think that'll get someone's attention? <laughs> oh, yeah, I think so. And I think, it, I think it even cited that whoever is in charge of taking down you know, hate statements um, whatever person holds that position, they're saying also that they will find that person. Like they will not just the company; they will find that person. Right. Oh. I think that is pretty crazy. Yeah, that, that, that's crazy because you know, if you need to get your hate speech out, hopefully you have the fifty million to pay for. Wow. <laughs> I mean, you know, um, that's, that's interesting. Yeah, but I don't understand how that. I mean, what, how do you think that they'll be able to manage that? How, how would that be regulated? How do they tell someone like Facebook cough up the money? Like you didn't yeah. take down the, you didn't take down these posts. Like yeah. how does that work? That I think that is a part where, as always with the internet, where there's the problem. I think there's a lot of like you know this is the thing. Like there's so many, like you know, the, people are still trying to figure out how to regulate an unregulated a space that can't can be regulated. Right. So uh, and you have these private corporations who have to adhere to some people, but then again they don't because the internet is. The internet is not a sovereign nation. The internet is not, uh, you know, there's no borders in the internet. Right. So how do you how do you govern the internet? You right. know, whether you're a company or you're a consumer or you're Germany. Right. So I don't know. Like I mean, the, I mean, the, the only thing you can do there, the only thing you do is really crack down. Like Germany's able to do is maybe crack down on some of the the telecom, the way it's, this stuff is sent and received, because some some of the country still does control a lot of the. The, the 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 fiber and the cable and the telecom the way things are going go, going back and forth but I don't know man I have no idea that, that's a tough one <laughs> yeah, I that's that's a tough one I have no idea so we'll see it could be more it could be all bluster but you know we'll see how, how they can actually um, enforce that yeah um, so this is a company that's on Kickstarter that's coming out with a phone called the C, uh, the CM Pro uh, and it's based around the idea that we have two or two distracted too many apps. I know I've got like over like a hundred and some apps on my phone. Too much, too much everything. These guys are saying I'm gonna have a phone that just basic features. It's gonna have, it's gonna have uh, 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 phone calls, messaging, Google Maps, and that's it. Contacts on a clock. Good night. Uh, there's something really appealing. I'm gonna say there's something really appealing about this as as an option. That being said. You can do that yourself. I, I can I, I can just delete all the apps on my phone and just have a clock, you know, if I wanted to. But um, what do you think of this? Again, I think this is another gimmick pro- um, product. Um, I think maybe for someone that has a, an addictive personality or has a actual problem um, with you know their connectivity to their devices, this might be helpful. Right. Um, but I think as you know something that is like widely accepted and used definitely not it's ridiculous like come on you should be able to self-monitor yourself you should be able to say hey you know i've been on my phone or my ipad or my computer way too long or i need some time just to reflect go outside have a conversation get a cup of coffee take a walk like you shouldn't have to be you shouldn't have to buy another product to help you do that it's ridiculous right it's just true yeah it's true this this is uh i don't know it's weird because 
I, I think that, um, you know, some people, you, you can't underestimate people's ability to want things done for them. I guess. I mean, because <laughs> I mean, guys like me, and you're like, just delete the apps on your phone. Other people are like, I don't, ugh. It's just easier if I just have the one button. Okay. So I mean, so I mean, this I mean, this entire entire industry is made off of like lazy people like that. So who knows? We'll hey, see. We'll see. Um, I, I I tend to agree with you. I think it's very gimmicky, but at the same time, I don't think it won't be a success. Well, you you, put, you, <laughs> you would buy some stocks from that company? No. Okay then. <laughs> <laughs> but let me put it this way: I would I, I would be surprised if it turns out to be a success. All right. Like I I'm not I'm not really good at predicting this stuff. I mean, this is like something that uh, you know billionaire Chris Saka talks about all the time. Talks about all the time, like all the things he missed out on, like like Instagram. He's like Instagram. No one wants that. That's you 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 know. That's a photo book. It's already doing that. That's ridiculous. Or the flicker, you know. And uh, Airbnb people gonna get in there and get murdered and raped in there. No one wants that. And so, you know, you never know. You know, Snapchat. The, you know the you know the, the 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 dick pic app. No one wants that. And then you know, so there's, there's a lot of things that people don't know, even the, even the in the pros, including me. But we'll see. Uh, so that could be could be could be wrong. Um, we talk a lot about self self driving cars. Uh, we we had we had a small discussion about this before. I think we touched on this thing before, but this is a new thing in Wire that sort of touches on the idea that self driving cars are doing so well, and they're, they're, they've tracked, they've uh, logged literally a, a million miles, hundreds and thousands of miles between some of these cars without incident. But what was, what it's boiling down to, people are saying that for them to be a hundred percent safe, hmm. someone's got to die. I guess they're saying for them to be 100% safe, there'll be a, there's going to be a point in a world of self-driving cars where the car will have to make a decision between the driver and the person outside. Mm-hmm. And if it's a situation where there's a, there's a, there's a person in the street, mm-hmm. you can hit that person and the driver can survive, or you can swerve, miss the person and fly off a cliff, you know? someone's gonna die either you in the car now if I'm driving the car and, and my and my robot threw me off a cliff you know I would be very upset you know I, I'd also be very upset if I'm terms I'm, and conditions if I look brother. up and uh, I run I run over someone cause the robot said hey them are you right. keep it moving like um I don't know. I mean, this is this is the, this is the thing, and this is like you. This is the things that are happening. Like you know, auto travel is one of the you know leading causes of death. You know, in, in every year, bigger than you know terrorist attacks and, and plane crashes and everything combined, else yeah. combined. And this is because there's a lot of tough choices. There's a lot of negligence and drunkenness and and, and some abuse substances and stuff like that and recklessness. But there's also like weird tough choices people have to make. There's accidents. There's things yeah. happen. So having a computer um, will not eliminate some of those things. That will, don't greatly decrease them, but want to eliminate them. What do you, you think is going to happen? What do you think about this? I mean, I think you know, it's 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 a it's a topic of ethics and how do you know these autonomous uh, devices or these autonomous technologies you know understand ethically what is correct or what is the best choice? And I think you know we kind of give away some of our rights. Um, when we hop into, you know, a system, a vehicle or whatever that, you know, we don't have full control over. So I think, like I said, terms and conditions, if, if you're going to purchase or you're going to purchase a self-driving car, then you you might have to run the risk of that car deciding to kill you versus right. kill the kid that's walking across the street. So, right. I mean, I think that, again, I think that the computer is able to, you know, make these mathematical choices and decisions way faster than we are able to as humans um but it still can make mistakes and sure. i think that's just a part of 
transportation. That's a part of figuring out a way to, to move a large mass of people at the same time. I think that's a part of it. So I think we, we'll just have, as a society, we'll just have to accept that as we, you know, become more comfortable with the self-driving autonomous vehicles, you know, in our, in our, in our world. So and we're only talking about human beings. We're not taking it down a rung and seeing what if there's a cat in the road. Yeah. Or or a dog in the road or a deer. But how does it know? How does it know that it's a deer or or, or a child? How does it? How can it? Um, exactly like though that it, make separation it, it, that's of that. Second, yeah. how he analyze that as a is a deer versus a child, and right. like is it okay? Is it okay to run over the deer but right. not the child? Right. Like oh, if it's a child, I'm gonna stop. If it's a deer, I'm, I'm plowing through. Right. You know whatever. Like or, or a child versus a, a small like a cat or a dog. I should because yeah. a deer is a deer. Anyway, a deer will take you out. That's all interesting. We'll we'll, we'll see. And it can't give the control back to you because I might be asleep. How does that work, like for insurance or like lawsuits? Like you kill my kid or my my dad died. Like, I didn't do it, right? <laughs> Mercedes technology, like I did. said, terms and conditions. Yeah, I was I was asleep. I was my own business. Anyway, all right. Well, um, yeah, I don't know. I, that, that that's very. I'm, I'm personally not a huge fan of the autonomous cars. I'm really I'm really sort of afraid to get behind the wheel of one of those joints. But you're not afraid to hop in an airplane. I don't, I don't get it. Doesn't make any sense whatsoever. <laughs> like, doesn't make any sense whatsoever. This is people uh, or a train or a train and subway. All of, all of those are autonomous. A guy sits back and he's reading a newspaper as driving. No, nah, like, man, he's up there. Like he's okay. <laughs> he's driving. I, 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 I gotta believe that. All right. Uh, Visa has a new method of payment. Allegedly, this is I don't quite understand. This is uh, you know t- as a prototype, kind of in the vein of these these sort of Snapchat. Snapchat glasses and other glasses and Google Glass. We talked a couple of weeks ago about how, you know, we I don't know that the, the I don't know what the ceiling is on these new Snapchat glasses and it's just sort of augmented reality and Google Glass, return of Google Glass technology. But Visa seems to be thinking that um, it's something they want to use. They have these glasses, Ray-Ban style, where they have the actual Visa uh, thing on your glasses where you can go to a lot of these uh, pay Pay, pay things, take off for glasses, and pay for something that will be right then and there. That, for me, who loses glasses every five seconds, and also that just seems like a nightmare. I mean, your phone's one thing, your fingerprint's on it, but your glasses? Yeah. Is, yeah. It, is it hooked to your retina? Is it hooked to your... I mean, I, I, that, just, that just seems like a disaster, right? Super disaster. However, uh, it is prepaid, so you preload it. You know, I'll put a hundred bucks on my glasses. <laughs> like, it's so ridiculous just to say it. Like, yeah, man, uh, <laughs> I pay for dinner. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I got the glasses, fly table. Click, I got this, I got this one. That's retarded. Five glasses, fall on the table. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> or or the, yeah, the bill comes, you take off your glasses, put it on the tray, <laughs> and then you take that away. Like, how do you, yeah. That's I, so stupid. <laughs> I mean, I guess these things are only as good as the the method of the point of, the point of sale thing. Right. But... I don't know. I just don't know a scenario. I mean, maybe I, I guess the only way this works is on vacation somewhere. You know, you yeah. have a vacation, you like having a couple of drinks. You don't want you know a wallet on you. I get that. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes but, sense. But am I gonna pay for that for a vacation that I might take once or twice a year? And if that. And by the way, if if I'm a you know if I'm trying to do some dirt, if I'm a criminal and I'm like checking get that you out, niggas' glasses. <laughs> <laughs> if I see someone like. I'm like okay, like I, mean, I don't, I don't get his, I don't, get, I don't get his wallet or his card. I just snatch his glasses and keep it moving. That might be easier. You know, that's out of control. <laughs> anyway, I don't know. Uh, Visa, tell us something. I don't, I don't think, I don't think we're buying this one. Um, Do you take Mastercard or Visa glasses? <laughs> like ridiculous. what? Yeah, it's ridiculous. I can't. Uh, 
your boy Lee Daniels is at South by Southwest, and um, you know he had a lot to say. He had sort of an impromptu speech. He t- he really had an emotional um, um, sort of uh, impromptu conversation and and, and about uh, Gabrielle Sibidet. But he also talked a lot about how the Trump era will produce some of our greatest art because usually art comes from this 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 sort of like uh, upheaval. Um, what do you think? Of, what do you think of Daniels? What do you think of that statement? Oh, I agree with that statement. Um, I mean, I think it's it's a headline statement, obviously, but I, right. I, I definitely agree with that. I feel like we're in a protest environment, and I mean, you just look around in, in our own city, you see a lot of, you know, um, creatives and artists that are really expressive of and politicizing their expressions, and I think that right. is the beauty of being in such a, a salacious and and um, yeah, polarizing time. Like, I feel, I feel like it's good because we want to be um, visually stimulated um, and have things that not only entertain us but also educate us and feed us knowledge that will help you know shift you know consciousness and shift policies and shift you know the direction that we're taking this country and world. So, I, I, I sign me up for that statement. That's a statement I would make. You know, right? Uh, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. <clears throat> So um, we'll, we'll we'll see. I, I think, uh, um, yeah, I agree. Whole I, I mean, you know, uh, uh, D. Daniels is known as a bit of a to be a bit of a provocateur, not only mm-hmm. in his work and his words, but I don't think this is that provocative of a statement. Mm-hmm. This is this is so spot on. Um, I want to move on to uh, the story about Scott Stuber moving over to, to, to from Paramount to run Netflix's uh, film initiative, but. It's not necessarily the story here. I guess the story for me is that Netflix is really getting dead serious about doing big time movies. They, they were dabbling in this stuff. Like the first big deal they did was Adam Sandler, you know, that to, and, and, and and sort of doing a bunch of weird Adam Sandler movies, which is which which made sense because Adam Sandler had a formula. He had a formula. He would do these movies for you know thirty million dollars, fifty million dollars, and then they would all make one hundred twenty million dollars. Right. And so he did that for years and years and years. I mean, he first he was making them for twenty, then make a hundred million, then make them for thirty, then make a hundred million, make them for fifty, make a hundred million. So uh, now he just had Netflix give him a bunch of money, give me two hundred million dollars, and I'll I'll make a bunch of movies. So right. uh, good for him. And now, nice. and now, so people are how, people, now Netflix is saying, and other and other agents and stars are saying, why can't we apply that? Same thing to other genres. Why right. couldn't that work for a Will Smith, exactly. a Brad Pitt, a no, Martin I mean, Scorsese? It's already working for Will Smith. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So I mean, you know, this is interesting. So this guy uh, Scott Scott Super is going to come in and he's going to shepherd that, and it just signals that Netflix is now going to operate like a traditional movie studio. Yeah. I mean, because you have it already as you know, the one thing that Netflix was a technology company turned sort of DVD delivery system turned streaming sort of uh, delivery service turn network really turn original content network yeah. now turn movie studio because the, the the business of creating original content as a television studio as a television production company which essentially Netflix was and then shifting over into we're a movie studio doing big movies seems to be a big shift but I mean I don't I mean I, I feel like the whole Netflix model I can't I wouldn't even call them a traditional you know television studio or network um, I mean, in the sense that, I mean, the whole Netflix and chill and, you know, uh, binge watching, you know, all that is part of the Netflix culture. And to yep. be able to create, you know, something that is episodic 
but it has movie quality throughout the whole the whole thing. I feel like they've already that was already a part of the inner workings of it. I mean, I, but I mean, I think what you're saying is is absolutely accurate in the sense that you know they're dominating in that sector, and now to be able to say full fledged like we're going to bring in the best talent, you know, from from an executive down to you know acting to directors to be able to also build out you know these crazy classic flagship movies i think i think it works perfectly for what they're doing like they're trying to like literally dominate the whole entire um video industry yeah you know? I, I, I mean our video are video games next or sports or sports right. next i mean I, they, they don't know how they're gonna crack sports because you know netflix can't do live right but i'm sure they'll figure something out i mean video game industry is also an industry where people laugh at the video game industry but you know you you, you spend you may spend Two hundred million dollars on, or hundred fifty million dollars on a Halo, or two hundred million dollars on a, on a Halo developing game like Halo Grand Theft Auto, and then be able to play it on Netflix. But yeah, but then but the, the profit margins for those are insane. Like those the, those those at sixty dollars a unit, they're making a billion dollars. You know, they 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 debut a billion dollars, like they, larger than any movie could ever could. So I wonder what's next. Just to reiterate, coming up to Netflix, obviously you have uh, the ninety million dollar Will Smith movie. Uh, Bright, mm-hmm. uh, Martin Scorsese's um, you know long gestating real life gangster movie, The Irishman, uh, where they're aging and de aging. Uh, Joe Pesci, uh, that's right, um, and, uh, and uh, Joe Pesci, Al Pacino, and Robert De Niro. Right. Um, again, all those people who wanted to see what would it be like with a young Robert De Niro acting against a young you know uh, um, Al Pacino, where well, you're going to see it because they're it's both not- going to de age, de age, acting themselves. It's a, it's a weird. You know, it's a, it's a good moment because it's them, right. and it's them acting it up. Right. But you can see them young every yeah. every stage of the career. So all that stuff we missed out on on the last forty years of their career, we get to see it hopefully uh, directed by Martin Scorsese, um, along, with, along with Joe Pesci. Last but not least, uh, Brad Pitt. It's got uh, you know uh, uh, a comedy called War Machine, like a huge huge comedy. So I mean, that's game much bigger than than Scorsese, you know, uh, Will Smith, and Brad Pitt. I mean, yeah, Netflix cool. is making moves. This is this is not Adam Sandler. This, right. is, this is this is these are some big moves here. So good for them. Uh, speaking of movies, last but not least, I want to get out of here and talk about these last trailers. Um, uh, I was going to give you give you these movies and see if you've seen any of them at all. Um, uh, let's start with uh, uh, the Fast Eight trailer with your boy Tyrese. Yeah, I've seen it. Uh, are, you, are you excited about it? Are you in those movies? I mean, yeah, I think you know they 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 serve a purpose. You okay. know, I, I feel like I mean they're not. They're not the, the the best example of filmmaking, but I think in terms of just great entertainment, yeah, right. absolutely. Yeah, right. I mean, I mean, we've kind of grown up on them, so. Right. Okay. So, uh, the Deadpool. I, I don't. Is that, is that a new trailer? Or is it the same teaser that was before Wolverine? I haven't seen the, anything new Deadpool. Okay, so I have to check on that. Um, this is what I'm really excited about: Atomic Blonde. Have you seen this? Yeah, I have. Um, it's from the dude. So you know, it's whooping ass. The John Wick guys, basically, the John Wick was directed by two guys. So it was directed by by, by Keanu Reeves' old um, um, two, two Keanu Reeves stunt, stunt coordinators, and they one directed, one kind of ghost directed it. Right. I don't think there was a falling out, but one went on to do John Wick two, and the other one on to do this one, Atomic right. Blonde. It's basically female John Wick. It looks dope. Yep. Uh, the Get Down Part Two is coming back. We yep. know that. Uh, a funny movie called Rough Night, which looks very funny, kind of like a. Uh, I don't know, Bridesmaids with a twist uh, with Scarlett Johansson and, 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 uh, and Alana from um, Broad City and, and my girl, Kate McKinnon. Um, Handmaid's Tale, which I don't know about. Uh, but one thing we didn't talk about is none of the stuff I care about. Oh, Geostorm, which looks ridiculous. Did you see that one? I have not. Okay, it's just another, like, you know, 
the worst storm in history and weather satellites controlling tornadoes. Anyway, it's ridiculous. Anyway, but one thing we didn't talk about is the potential reboot of The Matrix. The Matrix, uh, right. Warner Brothers is talking about trying to figure out. Now, I'm not really mad at Warner Brothers. People are really freaked out by this. You can't do this. You can't do this. But look, it's Warner Brothers' job to figure out how to make money. They're not saying they're going to bring back reboot the matrix with new people but that universe that rich universe created by um which of the wachowskis now 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 sisters not brothers we call them the both women now the created by the wachowskis uh is i mean it, it, it's a deep universe and if they want to go back to that universe and world and do other things it's their prerogative to do so 100 right i don't think that i don't think it's bad people are really mad about this but no one's saying we're going to redo the matrix we're just saying that they say they may open up the matrix universe yeah like tell the tell the origin stories of morpheus yeah exactly a young, fresh. a young morpheus exactly. a young uh niobe right you know uh what you know, every so I want to see all that and say it's all of them, so we will see. We'll see. Um, uh, I think that's all I got. That's, that's all. Anything, anything else? Yeah, um, what was it? Uh, actually, nah, I think that was it, man. I was gonna ask you about the have you heard about uh, I think it's Cadillac that is saying they're gonna do the Netflix version of of being able to get into a new vehicle, meaning that you can, I guess, lease. For a month, a new. Oh whip. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like the Netflix of Cadillacs, right? Exactly. It's like the you, you, but you can but you can lease any. Like you can, I, today, I want the STS. Today, exactly. I want the Escalade. Today, exactly. I want the whatever. Exactly. For fifteen hundred dollars a month, right? That's not bad. My bad. That's not bad. That's an interesting concept. It's an interesting concept. I wonder, I wonder if, if uh, BMW and Mercedes and all right. those will adopt adopt that same thing. Right. Uh, and what do you what do you turn in your car? Do you at a local dealer? Right. Is it like a rental? That's that's an interesting thing. Absolutely. How does insurance work? But yeah, all that is great. I love it. I love that concept. Absolutely. You know, you, you, you whip a new Cadillac every day. Right. So, anyway, $1,500. And some leases are like, Cadillac leases are like $1,100. Right exactly. Yeah, so I don't know. Anyway, all right, that's all I got. I like, I like that one. Um, where can the people find you, sir? People can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Achilles Shine, A-K-I-L-I-S-H-I-N-E. Where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Joe K. Braswell and on Snapchat at J. Braz. Uh, thank you for joining us. We will be back next next week with more tech stories. And that's all I got. See you soon. Bye. From executives Kevin Undergaro, Dario Kristen, Tiana Hobson, and the entire BHL staff, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African-American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us. Info at BlackHollywoodLive.com. Like us on Facebook, tweet us, or Instagram us at BHL Online. And I am the official voice of Black Hollywood Live, Scipio, Instagram, at KingXOBay. Thanks for tuning in. Hollywood Redefined. The views expressed here are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals. 